Um, and this evening's a bit of a sort of standalone session. Um, next week we're going to be starting our summer series looking at Nehemiah on the theme of rebuilding the walls. So that's going to be really exciting. But what we thought we would do this evening is just really give it over to community and to life groups. So um, I'm going to speak for about 10 to 15 minutes around this passage in Acts and um, around sort of life groups. And then we're going to have some interviews with various people. So Justin and Jam and Sam are going to come up and share with us. Great. So we're in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. Shall we um, read those together? It's page 1033. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father, we just thank you that you invite us into this glorious adventure that is faith. And actually these words written all those hundreds of thousands of years ago by Paul, by Luke even, by Luke, um, are as true today as they were then. That this is a great and glorious vision for the church and that you just say yes and amen over us as a church this evening. So by the power of the Holy Spirit, would you open our hearts and minds to receive all that you have for us tonight. Amen. Um, so one of our values at St Dee's is Get Connected, which you can see on this banner over here. We've also got Get Involved, Get Giving and Get Out There. And what we mean by Get Connected is actually this kind of acts vision of people as well as a church that is so connected together that it means that we're fueled to turn out to the world around us, to our daily lives, to people who don't know the Lord and to actually show them something of this gospel thing, this Jesus thing. And one of the ways that we do that is through life groups, through our small group system. We really believe that that is a good and concrete way of being well discipled. We look at um, our four priorities for the year, prayer, discipleship, friendship and mission. And we find that actually in life groups we can do those things, that we can pray together, that we can be well discipled, that we can find friendship. Actually we can be really, really activated for mission. But when you think about life group, it's a bit of a strange concept, isn't it, in our kind of culture at the moment. Actually, we live in this culture that's very individualistic, that's actually quite private, that almost says, actually, just show your best self, show your best life, don't give too much away, project well. And then as church, we come together on a Tuesday or Wednesday evening, and we get in a room with some people that maybe we know well, or maybe don't know particularly well at all. And actually, we say we're going to go really deep and be really vulnerable with each other. And we're going to study the word of God together. We're going to offer our thoughts and our feelings. And it's quite, quite different to what our culture does. But there's something about it, isn't there, that's so real and so true and so good that you just desperately want to buy into, that you say yes to. 
And that's because it's part of the way that we were made. Um, I haven't been in life group for a few years, but um, I've just joined one. I'm helping to lead one with Jane and some other people. And we've only been going for three weeks. And actually, I'm finding every Tuesday night as it comes around, I'm like, I cannot wait to be there. We have such joy together. There's such a sense of God's presence and this friendship sort of rising up from people that I didn't know very well even um, a few weeks ago. And that's what life group is all about. Such a joyful thing. So why is it? Um, well, if we go back to some basic theology, um, we know that God is Father and Son and Holy Spirit, but obviously not three little green men and a woman. Um, so we know that God is Father, Son, and we've discussed later. Uh, God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So God is inherently relational. He's perfectly, perfectly one. He is the one true God. But he's also perfectly, perfectly free. There's distinction and relationship in God. And God is also always, always outwardly focused. He's always wanting to create. He's always stepping into human history. And so we know that we were created. Oh, we've got Eve first. Eve? And Adam. So, Adam and Eve, created in the image of this God who is free and one, who is inherently relational in his very nature, which means that as we're image bearers, as we're created in his likeness, as we bear witness to who he is on this earth, we bear witness to a relational God. So we desperately, desperately need and want rightly relationship. We're made for community. We're made for relationship. And when you turn to scripture, you can just see that, can't you? All over scripture is uh, relationship and there's people doing things together. John Wesley used to say that um, scripture knows nothing of solo religion. Scripture knows nothing of solo religion. In scripture, people are just running for the kingdom of God together. So you get Abraham and Isaac, you've got um, David and Jonathan, you've got Ruth and Naomi, you turn to the New Testament, you've got Paul and Timothy, you've got Priscilla and Aquila. Look at Jesus and his 12 disciples, like arguably the first life group, 12 people or 13 with Jesus, you know, doing this glorious gospel thing on the face of the earth. Actually, scripture shows us that we need each other, that we're made for community in the image of the living God who is free and one, eternally relational. And it's into that context that we find our scripture this evening. So we're just going to look at that tonight and then we're going to hear from um, some of our brothers and sisters. And so this is um, Luke's account of the early church and it follows on from his gospel. It's kind of part B in the best possible way. And we find these verses just after the day of Pentecost. So on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit has come from heaven and filled every believer. And people are flooding to the name of Jesus, becoming Christians. It's an exciting time. And then we find these early Christians gathered together. And this is what they do. This is what the first church does. Verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And that's it right there. That's the basis of church. That's the basis of any good life group. Actually, apostles' teaching, 
Scripture, wrestling with Scripture. Now these guys, they get the absolute best of it. It's literally out of the horse's mouth. The apostles are just there teaching, and they're like, flipping heck, what's going on? Let's write the Bible. Um, but we get the Bible, and we get to wrestle with it. So we've got scriptural wrestles. Then it's fellowship. It's all about fellowship. And the word there is so deep. The word used for fellowship there is this Greek word, koinia, which I can't pronounce well at all, koinia. Um, and it's so rich. It's about fellowshipping with God, so God, the eternal God, the free and one, and then it's about fellowshipping with each other. But what it's also saying is, it's not just about being in fellowship with God and in fellowship with each other, it's being in fellowship with God and with each other in a way that means that we turn outwards. That it's not all about me. That it's not all about this individualistic culture that we live in that says protect, number one. Actually, it's about the kingdom adventure of doing a life with each other in a way that makes you want to bleed for the other person and give yourself over on behalf of the world that you find yourself in. So it is a drawing close to each other to go out into the world. That's what that fellowship is about. And then breaking of bread, simply eating together. So in part, that's communion, but actually it's something much deeper. And we know, don't we, that um, something happens when we eat together. There's a reason that we just love to get around the table and just eat dinner together as humanity. Every culture does it, wherever you go. Because something happens when we eat together. And it's particularly radical in kingdom terms. Because here in the New Testament, actually the people who were eating together would have been from every class and every ethnicity. Suddenly in a very rigid, very hierarchical culture, these early Christians are gathering together and you've got slaves and you've got slave masters and you've got men and women and you've got children and you've got different tribes and tongues and they're coming around the table together and it's extraordinary and it's radical and so actually some of our kind of best times together and when we get together as church and it's not homogenous it's actually really really different and different sort of age groups come together and different ethnicities come together because that reflects the kingdom of God. So scriptural wrestles, fellowship, eating together. And finally, they pray together. They pray together. They do the heart stuff. They're not afraid to be vulnerable. Not afraid to ask the Lord for the things of his kingdom. And then Luke goes on. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. When they do all of this, what follows naturally Signs and wonders, like people are healed, the dead are raised, extraordinary prophecies occur, everyone's speaking in tongues. And I think in our day and our age, the Lord would encourage us again to the things of his spirit, to signs and to wonders. And there's been an awful heresy that has taken hold of the um, evangelical church over the past few hundred years, that, you know, this gifts of the spirit stuff it's only, it was only for the apostolic age. It's kind of petered out now. We shouldn't expect it. And it's absolute, absolute nonsense. Actually, the Lord says to us, when we gather in our small groups, when we gather as church, bend into the things of his spirit. Expect signs and wonders. Pray for healing. Listen for words of knowledge. Ask the Lord for a new language to pray in. He's the God of Pentecost, and Pentecost is still alive today. So signs and wonders follow. Pray for each other in your life groups. Expect glorious things.
And then Luke goes on, verse 44. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Um, I read those verses once with one of my youth group, and um, they were like, so Jesus is a communist then. Um, that is not what is getting at. <laughs> okay, you know, there was lots of debates in the 16th century about the right to private property and things like that. It's not about that. It's about being really, really countercultural and actually taking what the Lord has given you and allowed you to hold in your hand and looking at it and saying, okay, I'm going to hold this lightly and I'm going to use it for other people. And so, you know, I've seen over the years life groups where um, they've paid someone's rent for a month because they couldn't afford a rent. Or someone said, you know what, I know you're really struggling to find a place to live, just come and live with me at mates rates. Or um, I had one life group where um, one of our friends um, was American and she really needed to raise money for her citizenship. So we, we just crowdsourced and we raised all the money for her citizenship fees. Um, or a seen others where people have prayed for someone to you know do a course or something like that it's about saying okay lord what have you put in my hands what have you given me what are the possessions that you've entrusted to me in this journey called life and how can i hold them lightly and how can i be generous with them and then verse 46 Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And the key thing there is that they didn't just meet in their homes. Actually, they met in the temple courts, the temple courts and the home, these two places. And the temple courts were the public place. That was the public place. And their homes, well, that was the private place. And the thing that we need to hold on to today is that Christianity is for the public place as well. And our culture is trying to say to us and our society that it's only private religion. No, Christianity has something to say to the public square. And the early Christians, the early church, they lived out their faith in the temple courts, which was the place of public life. And they met there, and they worshipped God, and they wrestled with the apostles' teaching, and they probably sat in the temple courts and had communion together and all of that. Don't think they had a guitar, but they worshipped the Lord in the temple courts. They lived out their faith in the public place as well as the private place. And if there's anything in our spirituality that encourages us to hide away and hide this gospel thing and hide this kingdom thing away and do it in secret, Oh no, oh no, because we don't have to do that in this nation. In this nation, we have the great, great privilege to not be persecuted. So we need to allow our faith to affect the public sphere as well as the, fr- uh, the private sphere. And then Luke concludes, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Isn't that something we long for? I mean, I long for that. That each week the Lord would be adding to our number daily those who are being saved. Because anything that we're doing in life groups, anything that we're doing in church, is for the kingdom of God. And it's so that the Lord can, should, will, I pray, add to our number 
daily. And everything that we do on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night isn't so that it can just stay there. It's so that on Thursday afternoon when you're in that meeting, you can stand firm for the kingdom of God. And Saturday night when you're at that party with your mates who don't know him, you can stand firm for the kingdom of God. And so that you can walk your life and your friends will look in and they will say, gosh, there is something different. And there is something different about that church thing. And I see a community thing that I am longing for. If there's one thing that has affected my non-Christian friends, and whether just a few of them have come to faith, the thing that is it always be, has been that they have looked in and they thought, goodness me, where did you get all those friends from? Where did you get that community from? What is going on in that church thing? I need something like that because I'm so isolated over here. I want this. And our very lives bear witness to him and to who he is. And our life groups are getting connected with each other, are the getting connected so that we come together, we come to God the Trinity, we come to each other to go out, to bear witness to the kingdom of God. That's what it's all about. That's the glorious vision. Amen. Amen. So in that vein, um, Justin and Jam and Sam, do you want to come and join me? And we're just going to hear a little bit about what's going on in life groups and um, how people are changed by them.
over time, you want to get kind of deeper in touching on some of the things that you mentioned, fellowship, kind of openness, honesty, a prayer, and, um, and kind of like if you initially start as a life group, you're kind of on the surface, everyone's getting to know each other, but as you go over time, it goes a little bit deeper, and you kind of swim further under the water. It's <laughs> uh, a good analogy. Thank you, thank you. And so um, um, I'm sure everybody would probably want to be part of my life group after. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, so, and uh, facilitating so that actually it's, it's a safe place for everyone, everyone is involved in it. Um, and it's, it's not like, I guess my way of going about it is not super controlling, it's not, hey guys, this is it and this is what we're doing and um, be there or be out. It's actually, this is what I'm thinking of and stuff and, and kind of hopefully involving everyone in, in what we are doing. And so it's very much sharing and I guess I see it as a team as well. Uh, so in a team, everyone's supposed to play their part, and that's kind of how the team works. And in our life group, it's very fortunate that actually everybody does. And that's why, um, you know, have you ever been in those moments where it kind of sometimes feels like, why am I the only one doing things and nobody else does? And then you kind of get, you know, angry. Unfortunately, it's, it's not like that at all, but actually everybody plays their part. And so it just feels like momentum is happening all the time and we're moving. And, and that's really nice. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, I don't know if that's what I do, but that's what we do as, as a group, yeah. Um, that kind of bleeds into my second question. So, what do you think the greatest strength of your life group is? I think, uh, one, one, actually two strengths, but um, one is commitment. So, uh, right at the beginning when we started two years ago, um, as I found out tonight, uh, was uh, we were very small, so it was David and Emmy who are hosts, and then me and a couple of others. And I just said to the guys, "What do they want from a life group?" And kind of this theme of commitment came up through it, and and that was really great for all of us because that's what we all wanted. We didn't kind of want it to happen one week and not quite to happen the other week. And so, as people were joining, I try and kind of share that up front. Actually, we value commitment, and uh, that's. Um, to me, I think has made a significant difference in our group because when it's on, it's on and everybody tries to be there and kind of prioritize that on a Tuesday night. And then, um, and, and I think that has just really fed uh, kind of the openness, the honesty, the sharing, the, the fellowship and the friendship that has grown. And um, maybe even a couple of weeks ago, I think we just had a social night just to celebrate a couple of things um, uh, within the group. And we were just there kind of chilling out um, at uh, kind of uh, somebody else's house. Uh, but we were there until 1 a.m. Um, on a Tuesday night, which is a bit ridiculous. But, uh, but it's, I think that's partly kind of an overflow of what's been developing over the last you know, two years of just actually everybody being involved and committed to it. And, and the other thing is actually, another strength is, is um, we're all at different stages of life. So there are 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s in our group. And some are parents, um, married, some are not married, and all, you know, that kind of different stages of life. And that's really nice, because everybody brings something different mm -hmm. to the table, and um, it's really good. Uh, yet, I guess at the core of it, we all are gathering around Jesus and, and trying to kind of, how do we do this Christian thing and pursue him more? Mm -hmm. Great, thank you. Okay. Can we give him a round of applause? Oh, hi. No, I'm not on. Do you want to 
little bit close. There we go. Um, do you want to say who you are and how long you've been coming? Yeah, so I'm Jam, and I have been here for about 18 months. Wait, let me ask you what <laughs> 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 Roughly 18 months. Um, and yeah, I'm in Lucy Chaffee. Do you want to wave Lucy? Great. Um, and Oddie Charcombe's Life Group. And it's incredible. Other life groups are available. Um, yeah, it's just amazing. So I go to the life group, and it's amazing. Um, and we've chatted about this a little bit, but um, you know, London can be quite lonely, especially when you sort of first move in. Um, how has life group balance and Dillies helped with that? Oh, like it's transformed my life. So um, based, it's not funny, Justin. That wasn't the joke. So yeah, I lived in Liverpool for the last 17 years, and um, Liverpool's known for being a city where everyone just chats to everyone. Um, however, I would say that one of the main reasons that I moved down to London was because I suffered with chronic loneliness, and. I think the, the, the dictionary definition of loneliness is sadness from the absence of having company or friends. And I would certainly say company, but friends, no. So I had an abundance of friends and I knew that in Liverpool I could phone any one of them and they would come running, but it was the company side of it, I think. And so off the back of that, I was like, something's got to give. Uh, took a demotion and moved down to London. And I was very aware as soon as I moved into my apartment where nobody looks anybody in the eyes, I thought, right, I've got to do something about this because otherwise I'm just going to go on the missing list. So I, yeah, tapped into St. D's and joined a life group about five months after joining. And it's just amazing what it's done to my life. And so I know that regardless of what's going on, on a Tuesday, I'm guaranteed to have dinner with friends. And that is just huge for me because recently I was in the pub, oh, Temple Courts, um, and <laughs> asked friends what made them tick. And they turned the question back on me and I realised that people make me tick. I really get a thrill from being around people. And so, um, yeah, moved down to London and plugged into their life group. And so Tuesday is guaranteed amazing company, amazing chat. Sometimes just chat, but often amazing chat. And, but it's not just the Tuesday night, it's like the Tuesday, and then you've got a bank of people ready to then chat to you on the Sunday so you don't arrive at church thinking, oh, where do I fit in? And yeah, it's just incredible what it's done. And then it trickles through through the week, and so we have a WhatsApp group, and social events come out of it, and prayer requests come out of it, and just that encouragement and support as well that is just. I mean, it's priceless. It's 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 amazing. Mm. Yeah. So you kind of hinted at this, um, but how does it make you kind of more active in your faith? How has it like enlarged your faith and turned you out? Yeah. I mean, I've learned a lot just from sitting and listening. So I tend to be really like rah, 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 during the start bit when we're socialising. Then as soon as Bibles come out, I'm like rah, I don't really know much. Um, but it's, I've just learned a lot. I've learned about praying boldly about things. And just I just take in what's been said around me. But then I'm able to then... I took this demotion and actually I, I'm time rich. And I know that that's not something that a lot of people in London have. Um, is time. And I just feel really blessed to have time. Which then enables me to really invest in my friends in the life group. And then that trickles outside of those friendship groups and it's just that ripple effect 
So it's just made my faith feel a lot more alive and a lot more purposeful. Brilliant. Thank you. Great. Well done. Um, and we want to get the temple courts slash white horse. The temple courts slash white um, but Sam, um, do you want to say a bit about who you are and how long you've been coming along? Anyone that doesn't know me, I'm Sam. I've been coming to St. Dee's for, uh, it's a year next week actually. Oh, wow. Thanks very much. <laughs> uh, and then I've been, I go to um, Imogen and Andrew Slazenger's Life Group. Um, and they, I mean from the start I kind of felt like it was just so the right place for me because um, Imogen stood up, I think on the first week that I came to St. Dee's um, and said, we don't really know why. Um, we feel like uh, like God's asked us to start a life group, and um, this is the address. This is where it is. And uh, it was at the time it was perfectly in between my work and my house. Uh, and I just I just kind of felt I need to speak to Imogen about it. So uh, plugged into that life group, and um, yeah, so I've been going there for t- uh, <coughs> two weeks. We've done the rest of it. Um, can you say a bit about how it's enriched your life and your faith? Yeah, sure. Um, I think, so my, in terms of like my, my faith journey, I, I grew up in a Christian family, went away from the church from the age of like 19 until well, like a year ago. Mm. Um, so I was kind of at that weird stage, which I'm sure loads of people can relate to, which is um, I kind of know the, how to do things, you know, like you don't look like a mug when you shake it up in time for peace and stuff. Uh, but, um, but actually didn't really know what a relationship with God meant. Um, and so it was so nice joining uh, the Slazen's Life Group because a lot of the, um, the members, so Fred and Jeanine, who are here as well, um, uh, we're kind of all uh, fairly, we were and still are, I think, at a, a similar level in terms of our faith. So. Um, being able to, to really talk things through um, with with people that aren't aren't sure, and you know they're not um, uh, kind of totally like yeah I'm, I'm totally certain about this. It's like yeah I've got doubts as well. Um, it's just hugely important and massively reassuring. So I think it's been the most central thing in, in terms of developing my faith since coming back to church. Thank you. Um, and then how does it bleed into the rest of your week? So you don't sort of end up with, okay, well, Tuesday night's this life group thing, maybe Sunday evening's church, you know, yeah. what does it do to Wednesday afternoon, not Friday night? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, these guys have mentioned it, it's, 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 I think pragmatically, it's like you build this really close network of people who you feel quite vulnerable in front of because they know everything about you, um, or a lot about you. Um, and that's all Justin was saying, that absolutely comes from commitment, and I think the Slazengers have got... Uh, kind of quite a similar thing that clearly um, Justin's instilled in his, which is like if you want to come to our life group, like you're going to become a member and you're going to become a part, and that comes with a responsibility, which is turning up every week, joining in. I mean, like, Slazenger's have got a, a baby, so like it's someone turning up early and just like putting the dinner on, or uh, someone kind of reading the leader's notes um, the day before and leading it, so like taking a bit of the burden off them, and um, so. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's about having this, like, core relationship. But I think, kind of back to what you were saying in your talk, it means that when you are down the pub on a Friday night with your mates or you are in a uh, um, very boring meeting, of which I have plenty in my work, um, and things start turning to, to conversations about 
society, ethics, faith, all that kind of stuff is like very often you've already talked it through with, mm. with your life group. Um, and so it means that you're kind of a bit more prepared. Maybe biblically, you're a bit more prepared in terms of, in your mind, what, what actually what you think about it. Um, and I've found that so useful in terms of speaking to people at work about the fact that I'm Christian, the fact that I go to church. Um, I mean, it's amazing that it's so, it is quite countercultural to go to the same place every week, break bread, or uh, pass the pesto in our case, um, uh, and and just talk through your life and and then whatever you're studying and then how your life relates to that. Um, yeah, countercultural. Um, not the pass the pesto thing that meeting every week. Um, but yeah, so I think it's been really central. The mo- yeah, the most important thing, and just driven by pragmatically having a network of people, mm. um, but also kind of almost putting on the armour, so that when you go out and speak to people, is you've already you've already delved into it. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's what I think is really important. <laughs> Thank you. Brilliant.